You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of your goal guide and creator of the Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. Can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So every week I bring together some of my people to dive into the topic of the week. And today we're talking about creativity. Isn't creativity all about having fun, being adaptable, and see what comes of, oh, everything? We're going to say yes. So I'm really <laughs> excited today. I have with me cartoonist Sherry Pear. Um, and I love, love your, your background and your energy. And I'm really excited to dive into the topic because I know you're going to add that fun literal dimension to creativity and then also jamie and taylor is here and i love this you are like a data guy with a creative spirit basically is that accurate <laughs> so i mean it's like we're all ends of the spectrum really really fun create create the creative spirit is already filling me and we barely started so let's jump on in but before we do that i would love for each of you to introduce yourself better not only you know who you are and what you do, but why you are so excited to dive into this topic. So let's start with you, Sherry. Yay. Go. Thanks for having me on. It's so fun to be here. Um, so I'm Sherry Pear. Uh, I'm a cartoonist, um, in case you couldn't tell. Um, I've worked on projects such as, uh, I've, I like to tell stories that make people laugh or smile or inspire them, preferably all the things, but um, I've done comics from like superhero comics about bully prevention to, I worked with author Gretchen Rubin on the happiness project for a, 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 a several page comic about her experiences. Uh, and I've done comics about miscarriages and things that are taboo that actually uh, actress Maya Bialik had shared my comic and it went uh, viral. So it, it's even now I still get people emailing me that it's really helping them out. Um, and I spent the last five years in advertising. I was an in-house cartoonist for uh, Red Bull and Jockey and a bunch of other big companies. And I've worked with FIFA, Comedy Central, um, Kim Kardashian Hollywood, uh, Disney, all different types. So I have a range of stuff that I like to write, to work on. Um, but that's me in a nutshell. And I love that that you do the serious stuff. Not just the fun, because, it, and, and even like with this show, I say that we talk about a lot serious or serious adjacent topics, but with the light tone. And I think that makes a really big difference with anything is because you want it in a consumable format. So you get your message across. 
Absolutely. I mean, shorter the better. I have a background. I went to the School of Visual Arts and I trained in comic strips, which was an excellent time to go into comic strips because the month, sarcasm, heavy sarcasm, because the the month after I graduated, the first iPhone came out. It completely changed the way that we got news and streaming. So um, I love taking things that are complicated and shortening them in a way that appeals to people, which is also why I liked being in advertising. And I like like being in that sort of marketing niche because I take things that are complicated and I try to find the story or the punchline or bring it down to the bare minimum. And this way I can help people find things that they're looking for, even if they don't even know that that's something that they need. Um, And so I've worked on a lot of really fun projects that way, but it's all the same to me. It's all boils down to storytelling and um, telling it in a concise way that will appeal to as many people as possible. Very well put. Damien, welcome. I know, transition, transition. Damien, welcome. (laughs) Wow, it's like my face just got really big suddenly. <laughs> so please share who you are, what you do, and why you are here. Yeah, my name is Damian Taylor. I'm a creative producer, but I'm also known as the data guy. And so I, I feel like Sherry and I are kindred spirits. I, I've worked with a lot of the same companies, but I'm usually the guy they come to to say, like, hey, who's the audience for this? Do the numbers say that we should do this? How much money can we make on it? And unlike most people in my job doing audience development or analytics, I realized very soon that there's a personal, a human element on the other side of all those numbers that people are telling you about. And until you understand the person or the people on the other side of those numbers, you're just putting out charts and data and not saying that it's bad because I love it. I can go into an Excel chart and you know it's like home, right? It's like a little hug from an angel. But um, the more important thing is what does this mean and what do I do with it? And so many people get wrapped up in numbers that they're not actually creative. They don't understand how does this translate into making something artistic or something that communicates a story? And so I've always been kind of right and left brain and just work being the data guy in a creative space. Uh, I mean, I, I majored in music and literature with neurophysiology because that makes sense, right? Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, and then when I when I create things, I similar, I, I like to address really big meaty topics but in a way that's that's fun and and i'd love to think i'm funny but i'm not i I try but it doesn't work so instead i usually try to make it really imaginative or in a way that will make people kind of lower their guard and get enraptured in a story that's very human and very exciting but then suddenly there's like this thing that's really serious and true to it and then i have other people like share and help me with comedy because it's not my thing Well, well, now I feel like you and I are kindred spirits because I am never funny when I try. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Never. Yeah. It, I, the harder I try, if I'm funny, it's not on purpose. It's because I'm flailing terribly. People are like, oh, that poor guy. <laughs> but, it, but looking at things and looking with um, a data with the creative element and this, we'll go into this a little bit more later, but everything in life as the opportunity for creativity, but usually people are so busy, they're just, you know, let's go from point A to point B. But it's like a micro alphabet, right? Between A and B of all the different creative possibilities. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Exactly. Yes. Okay, so nodding and agreeing me is great. 
except this will also magically become an episode of the Dev Show podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network. So not in good for video, less good for audio. <laughs> and, and this is because we had so many technical difficulties before we went live. I forgot to mention that part. So anyway, creativity. We love it. Why? What does creativity mean to you, Sherry? Oh, creativity is about, honestly, about dealing with whatever life throws at you and flipping it in a way that's productive, whatever that means. So, you know, I had a miscarriage between my two oldest kids and I turned that into a comic because that's how I was able to process it. Um, I had a comic about my dog because my dog made me laugh and I decided to make a comic about that when I was in college. So, you know, whatever, it could be anything random, but creativity is really just being inspired by the people around me and also telling things in a way that is productive that can help other people, whether it's just a laugh or a form of escapism, or if it's a legitimate way to help others relate. So my miscarriage comic was came about when I was searching for material and how to handle a miscarriage and I couldn't find much online. And now it's a very different world. This is, you know, this happened in 2014. But you know, now things are more accessible, but it wasn't at the time. And I'm I literally I'm still getting emails from people years later saying I came across your comic and, you know, it's helped a lot. So that was a creative form of tackling something that was difficult. So there, creativity is a lot of things, but it's being inspired by the things around you to create things that will then go on and help in some way. And when I mentioned serious topics with a life tone, uh, with a light tone, I certainly wasn't expecting that as an answer. But <laughs> really, but really, I, I have all the respect in the world for people who are able to turn their pain into things that will help others. So, yeah. yeah. And that all started like it was even, you know, I made conscious decisions to use very simply drawn characters, you know, way that's in, in a way that's universal, not too simple, but not too detailed. So in a way that's more mm -hmm. iconic so that the reader can envision themselves in that position. I think that's also a key, I, you know, creating work that will be relatable to other people. You can do work for art's sake, but I'm always trying to create work that's for people's sake. I love I, that. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, Damien? <laughs> What do you think? What does creativity mean to you? I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm along with Sherry. I think it, it's adaptability and the ability to explore perception because choosing to look at something a different way, whether it be a problem, whether it be how you're going to depict something, how you're going to represent something artistically, um, it's, it's being adaptable because you might not have the resources or you do have it, or because you just want to look and see how does someone else feel or what does it look like from another angle? And being able to be vulnerable enough to take those risks. Mm. That's a good way to put it. I, I love that as well. So what do you think stops people from being creative? Because it feels like it's the most natural thing in the world. But the other side of it, people stop themselves from it. Oh, Oh, there's a laundry list there. Take your pick. Is it the fear of the blank page? Is it the fear of failure? Is it judgment from other people? I have projects I hadn't worked on because others said, oh, I don't think it's 
going to be marketable. So then I put it aside. And then like now all of a sudden, you know, that sort of stuff is marketable. So, I mean, money is a big one, you know, not having having the resources to make money so you can't do the things that you want to do. Um, stress. There's There's so many reasons. Everybody has their own set of reasons. I feel like I really hit a button when I asked that question, Sherry. (laughs) I mean, as a creative person, you're always talking to other creative people about this. It's Mm -hmm. something that comes up all the time. Mm -hmm. And and so what do you think, Damien? What do you think stops people? Like Sherry said, it comes down to one thing, I think, and that's fear. Whatever that fear is, you're afraid of something either breaking a social moray or norm or not being successful or being vulnerable, whatever it is, it's always, there's a tinge of fear and people have two responses to fear, right? They either go for it head first and just deal with it or they run from it. And that's usually when you get people not doing it. Yes. And procrastinate. You forgot procrastinate. It's against oh, yeah. running, but then they eventually come back to it a little bit and, you know. <laughs> that's a slow mover. Yeah. Slow burn. <laughs> yeah. So we've got flight of bright or what the heck? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay. And Olivia's joining us live and she said, yes, money and fear with like six exclamation points. <laughs> is there, uh, this is the thing that, that I think about creativity though. It's interwoven in our lives in ways that we never even expect it. Like, like, for example, technical difficulties right before you go on air. What are you going to do about it? Uh, try, um, you press all the buttons until it works, which is how my mic fixed. Lesson learned. Uh, but what are some other, like, really practical ways people can use creativity without, let's, we're just going to take creative projects off the table briefly, but creativity in the day-to-day life. Damien? my wife and I talk about this a lot, especially with my son. And one of the things that we we always talk about is we have a problem and we're usually like, Oh, this is going to be so scary. I don't want to do that. Or, and we kind of get stuck there. And then one of us will, it's usually me. I I feel like I'm always like the poke the bear and let's see what happens person. Um, And I'm like, what if we look at it from someone else's perspective or Let's take off the table all those things that you can't control that you're worried about. What can you control? Let's just go through those things and see what you can do with that. From there, we start to figure out solutions to things that we weren't able to figure out because you were looking at something way downstream, a problem that didn't even exist, and creating something that literally created a bigger problem than was really there. When it took time to look at the things that we could control, we started creating solutions that are there and actionable and present. That's great. So what do you think, Sherry? Um, I guess a good way to tackle it, something that's helped me in the past and I come to it is just doing fi- doing the thing for 15 minutes and mm. like whatever is scaring me, just do it for 15 minutes and then keep on going or stopping because I like, that was my reward. I did the 15 minutes. So just sometimes just getting the ball rolling for whatever it is, even if it's just like, I hate doing I hate cooking. So just cook for 15 minutes. I don't know. Just look up the recipe. Do something that's productive towards the thing. Also, lists are helpful because then when you're done with things, you can cross them off and you feel yes. accomplished. <laughs> okay. So so we have to address everything here. First of all, you really hate cooking? Oh, very much. I have, Luckily, okay. I have someone who likes to cook. So 
Well, I am a reformed non-cook. So, uh, and, and so much so that I even have another podcast called Taste Buds with Deb, which are bite-sized conversations about food cooking and community. But I am, and so it's good that Eli likes to cook because, you know, balance of power. But as someone who used to think, see, you just hit my, my power button, <laughs> that it was more time consuming to cook than it is to like figure out solutions to eat and not cook. And now I feel <laughs> the opposite. But again, I think of cooking as creative, which is why I'm so surprised that you don't like it. Yeah. You know what? I'm from a long line of women who just don't like to cook and just do it because they got married and had to one day. But, you know, just it's in my blood. Just not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought of it as hereditary, but I can see it. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing that you mentioned, which is even more and I should I should add. So Sherry and I met because I interviewed her husband about a year ago and where was I going with this? So we don't know. I know. So we're newer friends. We don't know each other that well, but you just said just about everything I believe in, which is doing things in 15 minute increments, writing out lists. Um, my other thing I'm a huge fan of is brainstorming because you can yep. figure things mm -hmm. out when they are yep. out of your head Yes, because when they're yep. inside your head, they're so difficult to rearrange. So I love all those tricks because I think that's the, and add that to the exploration part, which Damien was talking about, and you never know what you can create. Right. I was literally, I had that when Damien was talking, I had in my head to reach out to people to like get over a hump. So brainstorming is my favorite thing. You know, I love working with people and just getting to talk to people really can get you over any hump. Sometimes finding a friend, I, I have that sometimes where I'm like, I just, I can't. And Putting that thing that you don't want to do or you're scared of in front of someone else, and like, I have to do this. Can you make sure I'm accountable? Yes. Um, and then they'll ho help hold you accountable or making it public. So even if you're not telling your friend to hold you accountable, like everyone can see. So if it doesn't get done, like, what happened to that thing you had on the wall behind you said you're going to do right. such and such? I love accountability partners. It's just so yep. good. I have a bunch for different things. And I just love, it's just, you. everybody wins. You get to talk to your friend and get you called out to do the things that you don't want to do and you need someone to hold, you know, we're all adults here, but sometimes you still feel like you need to hold a, someone's hand to get you through these adults because there's no manual in life. We're all just making this up as we go along. <laughs> we are. Okay, yeah, we are. Absolutely. <laughs> I, and I put in the chat, which will also be uh, in the show notes. So my, I have a Facebook group called Right On Online, which stemmed from my original goal setting group. And it's all about goal setting, productivity and community. So every day there's a different question. You know, what are your networking goals for the week? What are your goals for the week? Uh, blog share day, your horn Thursday, photo Friday and weekend plans. But Everything about the group is designed to have people or give people a place to share what they're working on, but also make connections because you don't know that where the people you meet are going to fit into your life. So, again, the more people you know, the more people you know, you can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So just another way to to get with other people. And I, I will add one other thing is this was, you know, how Facebook started and everything was a group and then everything was a page and then everything was a group. So in one of the earlier incarnations of right on, it would either be everybody would post goals for the week or everybody would report on goals, but very rarely were they the same people. 
Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big diagram where they're not overlapping. Exactly. And diagrams. (laughs) (laughs) I think a big part of that too is the celebrating the wins. I mean, because you can accomplish things you didn't even realize were a goal, but they helped you on that path to move forward. Yes, definitely. That's an important thing. Celebrating the wins, but that's really hard. At least for me, it it always was because it felt like bragging or like for some reason I didn't deserve to do that or it may make other people feel bad until I took this course a while ago. And the first thing they made us do is they have this thing called like your badass moment. They made you go live on Facebook, on Instagram, wherever you, you went live. And you had to recount a moment where you felt your coolest, your most badass and what you did and what you accomplished. And that was super scary. But then in doing that, virtually everyone came back with the same feedback. You didn't get the, oh, such a braggart. I can't believe you're talking about people were like, oh my God, I didn't know you did that. That's so amazing. And they were encouraging you or saying, you make me think I can do that too. So it, 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 the way we think the world is looking at us and the way the world is actually looking at us oftentimes don't match. And I think that's a, another obstacle for creativity a lot of times. Oh, I love that. Okay, now I'm like dying to know what was your moment. I was going to ask that. So go ahead. Sorry to jump you, Deborah, but like I'm at now. I talked about it. So the, the first time I did something truly creative, usually I was a data guy and a company that worked, I wasn't allowed to be the, the creative. I'd give input and they're like, stay in your lane, kid. Um, oh, God. So I getting I, that. Yeah. Yeah. I was at a company where they said, you know what? Here's a department, me and my business partner. You guys run it, make it work. So then I got to do the creative things they, because I had been a photographer on the side up until then, but nobody saw that. Right? It was it was a different work that I was doing. And when we built it, we took a company, they gave us a thousand dollars and said, make a business out of it. Literally, they gave us a thousand dollars and said, here are three interns and some people that nobody wants to work with, make a business. Wow. And within a year, we went from that thousand dollars to a million dollar business and then doubled it the following year. Um, and every time I think about it, I'm like, we really did that. Like that was that, that's a big thing. Like I I've never done that before, right? That um, is amazing. Wow. First of all, gold star. Well, you <laughs> um, second of all, wow. Yeah. And it, it really goes back to Sherry's point from earlier, which is when you share what you have accomplished, you are in a position to help other people. And you don't know who needs to learn that unless you toot your horn, spread the word, let people know. Exactly. And it, I never told people that because it sounded like I was bragging. Right? No, that's amazing. Oh, no. But when I realized the work that put into it and how 90% of the time I had no idea what I was doing, um, that's the big part of the story that I had to figure it out. And so there was lots of experimenting and failing and, well, let's do it again. And it worked. We just didn't stop experimenting. That didn't work. Let's keep going. Do something new. Right. And then you can help other people now with all, all the lessons that you've learned, you know, and, and and other people can reach out to you for questions. I mean, I just love the creative side of things because I, I just love being able to help other people, you know, mm-hmm. with whatever advice that I've learned from my mistakes in comic form, outside of comic form. So, you know, that's really inspiring, Damien. <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> Thank oh, you. One of the, one of the things... Like helping people, I love, like, you never think about helping people. You're always concerned with, am I going to be seen as, you know, not the right person? Or, but right. if you realize that what you do and sometimes your failures or that thing you're scared of could be helpful to someone else, that's actually a 
for me, a big motivator. Absolutely. I have had people on the show where they, at the end, where, when I'm going to ask you both to gift gold to the audience, uh, people have said fail more because the more you fail, it means the more that you're trying. I love that. I definitely, as someone who has always been, you know, a perfectionist, I've learned over the years, you know, I went to college and I graduated valedictorian from, from the School of Visual Arts. You know, this, this Jewish girl who went to yeshiva for 12 years, like went and did this great accomplishment that for me was such an amazing experience. And, you know, I just I'm so, so used to wanting to be the best. And, I, you know, definitely being a parent has helped people fail because you're not going to get anything <laughs> right. You know, it's a great learning experience. And just over the years, like, you know, you just learn that failure and I'm still learning it. Everybody's still learning it. But, I'm, you know, failure is definitely something that people um, need to look at as a lesson. And I'm constantly reminding myself that, too. I love how our creativity conversation took a very strong YouTube, U-turn into failure. Because <laughs> they're just wins that haven't happened yet, right? They're one of yeah. the same. Really, I mean, I think everybody knows that if you're going to be creative, there's going to be lots of failure and rejections. And I think that's just par for the course. So I don't I don't think it's a turn. I think it's just failure, success. It's all part of creativity. I think my wife probably summed it up best. We were in, on a tour in Spain with my in-laws and we were looking at all these Picasso sketches and like you can see his work up until he got to like his big masterpieces. Right. And we're looking at this one little practice when he had. And then my wife just stopped and yelled, he used an eraser. You can see it. Picasso used an eraser. He's not perfect, right? And then it's because he had to do those tests and figure it out and what would actually work right. before he could make a giant piece that looks flawless. Like what most people see is the, the success it's overnight. They miss the 10 years of overnights that happened to get up to that one night. Right. Spoiler alerts, artists use erasers. And even digital artists <laughs> use erasers, but now you just can't yeah. see it anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so perfectionism, how do we get rid of that? Do, do you, I, I love the, the story <laughs> and the joy of Picasso using an eraser, but I would love to either or both of you have a how I got over my perfectionism story. Yeah, um, I took like a three-month course with Kathy Heller. I don't know if you guys know Kathy Heller. She has a podcast. Um, I, I interviewed Kathy. Yes. <laughs> so I took her. Yeah. So she had a podcast, How to Keep Your Day Job, which now I think is just the Kathy Heller podcast. And I think for part of it, she really hammered the message of, you know, you just got to put stuff out and pivot. So part of what I had done there for myself, um, I was getting over post about a very bad bout of postpartum depression. And um, I realized that one day it just hit me like, uh, what do I, what will make me happy? And I, and I, what would make me feel like I've, I've accomplished something. And I realized that just putting a drawing out there, like just getting stuff out there to comment with people and, and to interact with people. And, you know, I was, I was listening to an ad for like, I think it was Babbel for 15 minutes, 15 minutes a day, you can learn a language. And I thought, Oh, in 15 minutes a day, I can do a drawing and I would just do it and put it out there. And, um, you know, it definitely helped helped me get over like, oh, it's not perfect, but it's out there and it's accomplished. So yay. 
Aha, now we know where your love of 15 minutes comes from. Yes. Ah. Nice. <laughs> so what about you, Damien? I think for me, it's when the ability to be perfect was taken away. Going from working at a big company where everything was super slow, so compared to everyone else, I worked super fast, right? And I still had time to make everything flawless and double check and make sure all my T's are crossed and my I's were dotted. And then when I got to a startup and then philosophy was fail fast and move on, uh, and it was just me and I didn't have the time and I need this in 24 hours. What? But I don't have time to right. figure it out. And so at that point, the, the question was, I don't need this to be perfect. I need to be good enough. And that's what we're getting a product out. It doesn't have to be perfect. We can fix it later. We just need it to be good enough. And I started having to do that forcibly. <laughs> and um, with that, I eventually realized that every time I made a mistake, it was great because then the next time I wouldn't make it and I got faster. And so that's great. Each subsequent failure of not having perfection actually made me faster. So then when I was able to do things on my own, yeah, let's just do it. Oh, that didn't work. That's fine. We'll fix it. Oh, There's a problem, you fix it. Yeah, just, no, that's great. That just made me think about a job that I had where I had to basically write up to, I think I wrote up to like 90 ads in a month. Like it was just a quick turnaround. Awesome. And the wow. thing is that for that, the things that you thought would do well didn't. And the things that were kind of mm -hmm. haphazard and kind of things that you wouldn't think would do well did, did well. So Part mm -hmm. of it is that you don't even know what's going to do well. So just put it out there because the things that are flawed might actually make it work. Mm -hmm. I like that. So let I was going to do like semi-speed round of what are some other tips that you can give people to tap into their creative spirit. So that's a great one to start. I love that you keep answering these questions before I ask them. <laughs> I'm the most part mind reader. I can just sense what you're going to say, Deborah, right before you. <laughs> awesome. So, what else? What are other ways people? Because we've got journaling, we've got just do it, but there've got there have to be some more like little practically things we could put in there. Oh, running and exercise. I'm and oh, for sure. Oh, I, there are times that I am stuck and then I'm, I'll go running and I'll think of the answer as I'm running. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it'll help. I've also found I don't sleep as much as I should, but sometimes I'll go to sleep with a question in my head and then I'll wake up and go for the run. And then it's a one, two punch to help me get that right answer. <laughs> that, yeah, no, running is a big thing for me too. And there's something about the rheumatic and just kind of consistent movement that, that does it. Um, and it, it's, but that and that being alone, just taking away all distractions, even if it's for five minutes or 10 minutes, no music, no anything, maybe music because I like music, but, right. um, but usually just you alone with your thoughts. And that's uncomfortable for a lot of people, but sometimes when you take away all those things and you're not watching TV or you're not distracted doing projects or making lists and you just sit and think for five or 10 minutes, it's amazing what you come up with and your mind will start to wonder and you'll start to come up with really interesting ideas that you didn't know were just hovering around in your head. Yeah. Damien, I think you and I are wired very similarly. And <laughs> I agree with you on the music. The music to me is white noise. So I don't listen to music that I is new music. I listen to music that I've heard. Like I'm born yeah. like 30 years too late. So I listen to oldies music and stuff. So it's all the stuff I've heard for literally decades, decades that are out there. I put it on it's 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 white noise. So I can just focus on like nothing else except except what I'm trying to think of. So yeah, I agree yeah. with you. 
You know, some people even call that meditation. Exactly. You know, the quiet thing. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. I think in the fun thing, the fun thing about meditation, there are two words that you rarely hear in the same sentence is it can be in any form, whether it's through exercise, whether it's just for listening to some white noisy music or the quiet listening to yourself, giving yourself that time and space to wander is another way, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. definitely. Meditation um, is great. Um, so Olivia says she likes to go shopping for new, new materials to get outside and be inspired and take a break. So yes, break time as well, I think is really good for creativity because it goes back to what we were talking about before. Everybody is run, 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 run. When you stop, and look around and give yourself that space to be creative. That's mm -hmm. also a big deal. 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we're, we're in a world where like, I don't know about you guys, I feel guilty for taking the breaks and it usually pays off. Yeah. But it's just, it's just to, to actually go and to give yourself permission. And permission is a thing I also learned from Kathy that, that it's important to give yourself permission. And if you need to write yourself a permission slip to do that, that's, that's a, a great thing to do. Um, but permission and, and being kind to yourself is very hard, very hard in this day and age. But those are so big. And I think one of the things that we don't do is with that fear, we don't give ourselves permission then to fail, right? Because right. we won't be perfect. And once you get beyond that, though, you start to do so many things, even if it's, this is another one, like even within that permission to take a break and do something you enjoy. Because sometimes just doing that thing you enjoy gets you creativity. Like there was a, a show on Netflix that I used to watch because it was looking at people who were doing buildings. They were making art. It was called abstract. It was just abstract mm -hmm. thinkers in all sorts of different categories. And I would watch it. And it, it's what my art teacher used to say is study creative people in other industries and other arts because then it'll inspire you for yours. And so just doing that and watching, oh, that's a really pretty building that person made. Tell me I had an idea for a story that I wanted to write. Had nothing to do with the building, but it gave me an idea. That's true. Yes. Yeah, I think Absolutely. getting out of your head is the common theme here. And what are all the different things that you can do? Um, I'd love another anecdote, if you have, of what was that one time where you were just drawing, <laughs> pun intended, a complete blank? And what got you out of it? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Okay. Um, so I, recently I, I've had like this long with COVID and everything, it's been very hard for me to be as creative. So just most recently, um, I had a hard time just being myself and putting pen to paper and writing and all that stuff. Just huge creative. Like, I mean, I was I, with working full time and I had a cross country move and with COVID there's just, I felt that the fear, not about the career, but in general fear, life fear was just paralyzing. And I just came across this group of, there's this like, there's this group on Facebook of, of uh, women who like to talk about rom-coms and romance books. And I just thought it's a really cool group. And just see, being inspired by all these people who are now producing stuff that I love that a few years ago were, were just mocked. I know things like Bridgerton help make things more. And, and Netflix has this whole new um, form of escapism. Uh, and it just inspired me to finally figure out I had for years, I was stuck with like 
trying to figure out a puzzle of, of, of projects that I want to work on. So all of a sudden now lately, I've just started, thanks to the women in this group, I'm just starting to, to finally write the, the stories that have been brewing for years. And I think everything clicked. So now I'm actually writing this, this young adult graphic novel series that I've just had in, for years, been trying to figure out how the pieces work and it clicked. And sometimes it's, it's just finding a, you know, wasting time on Facebook and coming across this, <laughs> this, this group and then meeting these people who are really cool and really kind and encouraging. And it's so random, so random. <laughs> for for the, the last episode of this show was on creating content. And sometimes ideas are just not yet. They need some time to brew and they need some time to set aside. And then one day it's like, oh, it's a thing. So keeping that in mind as well to give ideas, you know, the care and feeding or whatever plants. I don't do plants. I'm not that person. But to give it enough care and feeding that someday, oh, it's taking format. Now I'm going to give it more time and see what comes of it. So I love that. Such a good example. Do we give you enough time to have an answer, Damien? I can say this moment. But no, this, <laughs> this was the moment when I know. Um, <laughs> no, now does not count. <laughs> no, but recently, actually, I, I, I wasn't really creative. I've been doing a lot of data work. That's what I do a lot of data work anyway. But there are some stories that I, I really had and started during COVID. And the plan was to have them long since done by now and all these brand deals plans and for whatever reason I just wasn't inspired I wasn't feeling it and that was just kind of like the, the best the, the sense of blog like, eh, eh, I don't feel it um and I when I I was always like why do artists do that and then I'm like oh no I'm doing it no why is it me right oh my gosh and yeah so then there's, there's that argument of like now I'm being one of those people no no don't and you know that argument with yourself and then so I, I do kung fu and for me, what really helps is when I have someone who doesn't let me use excuses, <laughs> and they're they're just like you just have to do it. And the, so my my instructor, my sifu, was talking about kung fu, not about art at all. And someone was like, "Oh, this is so hard, and I can't do it." And he's like, "Practice it." But I when I but I and he's like, "No, it's not that hard. Either you do it or you don't. Just do it. And it might be terrible, and you might suck, but just do it, and you'll get better, or you won't." And like, but I and he's like, "Just do it. It's not that hard." And for whatever reason, I walked out of that class and came home and was like, yes, just do it. So I came home and I like, I started like that project at home that the, cleaning that one closet that no one wants to look at. And then I made that one thing that I said I was going to make like 10 years ago. And I did it. And I was like, I have an idea. I'm going to write. I'm going to write. But just hearing those words. And I think it went back to giving yourself permission, but also holding yourself accountable that no one's going to do it for you. So stop waiting for the perfect moment. If not now, then when? not you than who so just do it oh yes yeah <laughs> completely agree on that as well and a lot can be accomplished when cleaning a closet yeah it goes back it's another form of that meditative state it totally is right it, Absolutely. And, and well we all spend inordinate of time amounts of time on the computer so i love it when i and you talked earlier about taking a break and how important it is. And, you know, raise your hand if you find something to work on every single day. That's probably all of us. But to take even parts of a day off 
to be mm -hmm. away from the computer and explore uh, creative things that aren't necessarily your primary creative to do, right? Right. Drawing, um, also not my forte. <laughs> and and, and I've, I've told this story before because it makes me laugh. I did events for Barnes & Noble years ago, and I made a poster for a kid's event, and someone said, oh, how nice, you've got a kid to do the poster. That's how bad I am at art. But because it was me, and I was not a kid. Um, <laughs> But even it, doodling or, and again, now I express creativity through cooking, but to find, especially I think for creatives, to find a thing that's also creative to do, that's not the primary is super helpful. Right. Well, that's why I like creating coloring books. I do a lot of coloring books because I like to just draw the ink stuff. I don't like to color as much as I like to ink. And then people just like to color and they don't like, it helps other people, you know, get their creative juices going. That's not on the computer. Yep. Awesome. And, and so what is your favorite creative non what you regularly do thing? Yeah, that was a question. Music. <laughs> I followed it. Like for me, it's music. It's a hundred percent music. And it's really, even when I'm doing something creative, Lately, I realized that I start with a soundtrack and then I create the thing. So this is what would be playing during that scene or this is what would be happening or what song would be in the background. And then I create images based on that, um, that mood or whatever that is, and then come back to actually doing scoring or whatever for it. But like I start with music and then create the visuals for it and then come back to create music that should match those visuals. Oh, my gosh, Damien, I do that, too. <laughs> like you too. <laughs> I literally, I'm writing this story now and I have the playlist and I don't have the final script or anything, but I have the playlist of the songs that will be there and that inspire me to, I, you know, I wish, I always said, I'm going to learn how to play the piano. I had an opportunity when I was younger and my mom got me a keyboard because I was told that I had an ear for music and, oh, and apparently the keyboard was too thin and the woman's like I'm gonna I, I would love to give your daughter lessons but she needs bigger keyboards and so my mom went to return the keyboard but the place went out of business and that was the end of my music <laughs> career so I have this like I, I always said at some point I'm gonna learn how to play the piano and it's it, it's gonna happen it's gonna happen but yeah, I have a piano at my house now. I just need to know how to play it. <laughs> my son plays, my wife plays. I wasn't allowed to when I was a kid. Literally, my dad threw every instrument. He hated piano lessons so much that I asked for them, and he said no. They gave me a violin instead. So I played violin and didn't like it. So then, here's a clarinet. And I'm like, but I want to play piano. Nope, not piano. He just hated it that much. And now I have a piano, and I don't play it. All right, Damon, you and I need to be a piano accountability buddies on this. Yes. But yeah, music is very, very inspiring. Very, very, you know, and, and I, when I'm running, when I'm doing dishes, you know, just very important. I used to love how to take songs and make my own mixes and people love the mixes. Just it helps with all facets of, you know, I mentioned it's like white noise. Just I, I feel like I can't have silence. I need to have some something in the background just, you know, being the soundtrack of my life. <laughs> it's so funny. You said you'll both get a kick out of this thing. Um, I don't cook very much, not because I can't, because I actually can, and I, I really love cooking, but it takes me a really long time because depending on what I'm cooking, I need to find the music that should go along with the experience. <laughs> so it becomes a whole big endeavor, like, oh, hmm, we're having Spanish food, and I don't feel like hearing this group today, but I think this other person over here, and then I'll make like an hour, this 
perfect. The playlist is ready now. Now, but what are we going to listen to while we eat? And like that's every time. So I bake more now because then I the playlist is a little bit less important. <laughs> I, I'm too busy laughing to comment. I think that is absolutely hilarious. For me, cooking takes too long because I'm a very slow chopper. And I like to chop everything because it's so meditative, but it, and I do, I do a workshop actually called cooking for productivity, where I say, you know, it's a good break, but for me, it's like, okay, I'm going to chop carrots, breaks over, go back and do some more work. Okay. What am I going to chop next to step away from the computer? Then of course, everything goes into the instant pot and magically becomes food. So, <laughs> but, but those little things, I mean, I can draw, draw at a meal, draw again, also fun, not intended <laughs> over the course of the day. But the way to look at it as these are my little creative breaks and then, but, but I love the fact that the playlist is what makes your cooking. So long. <laughs> I'm one of those people who I wish I could have a, a playlist like, you know, if musicals could happen in real life and people would like dance in the streets around me or the music would pop up as I would be so happy, you know, see, that's a good use of AI. AI should just oh, like yeah. figure out how to make soundtracks for everybody's life or the people who opt into it because that it would be, be quite controlled. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. This has been such a fun conversation. I feel like now is a really good time to give people goals. So what is something that they can do today, tonight, tomorrow to tap into their creativity and really explore what is possible? So Damien, what goal would you like to gift to the audience? I think the goal I'd like to gift is challenging yourself with small creative challenges each week. So find 15 red things that you like and why are they connected? Or find 10 blue things that you like and why are they connected? aside from the color right so you give yourself things like that find one aspect and figure out a way to connect them all beyond that first thing you started with so it might be color that's the easy one to start with but then find another way to connect all of those items um and tell a story how they tell a story about you or something you love interesting so it's a scavenger hunt <laughs> and a creative yeah. project yep that's really fun i i love it i think it's also a nice um it's a nice, I'm going to say easy assignment. So if you're at a loss, you could just play with something like this and it's going to get you in a creative mode. So that's really fun. Yeah, I'm going to play that one. I mean, I, I love these goals and I always like, okay, big asterisk, going to play that one. What What about you, Sherry? What goal would you like to gift? Well, I think you guys might be able to to guess what I might say, but I think really helpful to take 15 minutes to do the thing that you want to do for yourself, that the project that you've been pushing off on. I mean, I guess you could do it with cleaning or any goals that you have, but really like the projects that make, that you keep saying, oh, I'll get to that eventually. Just take 15 minutes to sit down and write it or, or doodle for it or the th anything that you've been pushing off for you. Because life is very precious. And, you know, like you were saying before, Damien, if not now, when? You know, you need to to just just do it. I just also <laughs> the weekend. So all I'm hearing now is Matt Damon and, you know, and like, <laughs> I can just do it. But it's 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 a tried and true catchphrase for a reason. So just just do it for 15 minutes and and mm -hmm. and 
It doesn't have to be only 15 minutes. It's just a gateway to get you to do anything. You can stop anytime you want to after that, but at least 15 minutes, set a timer. Oh, I, I am. So, you just get, used my favorite word, which is timer. Oh, yes. Timer because lists. <laughs> timers lists. And, and I sell sheets for Damien. Love yeah. those. <laughs> the, first of all, the two, I, I feel like I need to reiterate that the two of you just met before we went live. And all three of us are relatively new friends. And the fact that we have so many parallels is just kind of mind blowing. So I love <laughs> the way in which these panels come together. The reason I love the timer and what you said, it can be more than 15 minutes. When you set the timer, you're not looking at the clock. Right. Yeah. And so when the timer goes off, if you still have time and you're inspired to keep going, you could keep going. Or if you need to get to something else, the timer goes off. Okay, great. I'll do this again tomorrow or later right. on today. Right. So the what timers. I have a music timer. It's so it's a, literally a play, 15 minute playlist. It'll play music for 15 minutes and then just stop it. Oh my, okay, so now it's like literally a, a synergy of all the things you <laughs> sent to me. You need, after, we'll have to connect after the podcast and you'll have to send me that because I need to hear this now. Yeah. You can also, there's also a podcast called Flow State that does that. They have 30 minute and 60 minute episodes. And so it'll just be music and then stop. Um, and so I use that when I'm doing like something long. Like I know I need to focus for 30 minutes. Okay. And like, totally focus. off topic, but what kind of music now that we're on that topic? Just, that one is a pretty broad range. It has classical music. It has a lot of ambient sound. Sometimes it's nature. Sometimes it's just sounds. Sometimes it's kind of new wavy. Um, so that's the thing that's kind of interesting. None of it is particularly compelling. It's just nice background. It's just noise, right? Right. But nice. What about <laughs> minute playlist? That one varies. It depends on what I'm doing. So oh, like if I'm writing... Yeah, if I'm writing something and I need it to be like really gritty, then I have like a gritty playlist. If I have something that I need to be really creative, it, there's innovative music that like I think is really out there and kind of blew my mind. And so I love this. I love this idea. Oh my goodness, I'm totally gonna do that for the different moves. Oh, thank you. That's amazing. Well, it's usually like five songs, which is great because five songs is not that much. Oh, that's great. That's great. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> this is like music math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I love music. Five songs, three love minutes that. each, 15 minute playlist totally works. So, and, and I have to ask, how did you be, really become the data creative guy? I always, did it just so happen? I, I've always been both left and right brain. I was super scientific and mathematic from like elementary throughout my whole life. And so most people bifurcated and I kind of tried to always bring them together. Um, and I figured when I went to school, I love science. What can I do that's scientific that lets me do something creative and being the data guy at a studio? Oh. And so I started being the data guy at studio. So I got to work with creative stuff and they wanted me to talk about strategies and marketing. And so I got to touch everything, but I also got to still be very analytical. That sounds like one of my favorite Venn diagrams. It's, you know, like, what do you like to do? What will make you money? And whatever's in the middle, do that. That's, yeah. I love it. I've got that. At <laughs> and I wish I, I wish I had gotten that long 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 time ago but i heard that you know and it just it, it makes so much sense i love that so what inspired this path for you if it if it took you a while to get there Sherry? Uh, wait do you mean to be a cartoonist yeah was oh, this I'm, always like within you yeah i mean i've been, i've been drawing since i was a year old 
And I have taken art lessons since I was six. When I was four, I think five years old, I was being interviewed for a school and I tested off the charts and certain tests. And the, 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 the person interviewing me told my parents, you need to get this girl art lessons. So I don't have anything to fall back on really. Like I just, the creative <laughs> type, like I went to, I went to art. I never went to summer camp after that. I went to art camp after that. I had very supportive parents who really pushed for me to, to work in this in this field. And I went to pre-college program at the School of Visual Arts, went to school the, uh, the School of Visual Arts for four years, four great years. Gra- I mentioned before I graduated valedictorian, it was really like the best time. Um, and then I just, I did it full time. But I think the thing that I wish I had learned was about the the making money part. I would, that whole Venn diagram would have come into use where I probably would have taken a more, I, I freelanced for 10 years and then kind of started working in, with agencies. Um, so I probably would have done that sooner because I love working and then doing my stuff on the side. It's nice having that steady paycheck to come in, um, but, you know, and health insurance and all that jazz. But, you know, um, but uh, like I think that telling what I tell people today now is just see what's doing well in the industry and see what you like to do. And you can do your stuff on the side and then, you know, you don't feel the pressure of it being your being your career you you know you can do it for fun and then do it on your terms but you know make the projects on your terms um so i would just always but i knew i always wanted to be since i read calvin and hobbes at the age of 10 or 11 11 i knew i wanted to be an artist when i was 10 and when i was 11 i i picked up my first calvin and hobbes and fell in love so it's always been that track for me and it's so much fun to do what you love and i think everybody and this is a big part of why I do what I do. So the dev method is all about helping you figure out the foundation for your goals, because when you know what you want, you can get what you want. And the thing that you just pointed out, Sherry, is that it doesn't have to be your full-time gig. Find the thing that you love that you do on the side. And when you have that kind of joy, it is going to leak into the other parts of your life. Exactly. I've been lucky to be at jobs where everybody was super supportive of your side hustles. So everybody worked together and then everybody supported each other on the side and bought each other's books and, you know, you know, was there as a sounding board for brainstorming when you were stuck on things and vice versa. So it's it's really important in any environment, um, you know, like a very big believer in corporate environments that just allow you to do your thing. Like, you know, you have your job and let the people do their things on the side because it makes everybody happy. <laughs> Well, and especially in this day and age where uh, there are so many virtual and hybrid options for where you go, I believe the companies, the ones that really support and actually mean it, authentically support the endeavors of their teams to and do what they can to elevate them. Those are the companies that are going to have those dedicated, happy employees. And if you're happy on the side, you're going to bring that to to the office. And if the office is supportive of what you do on the side, then everybody wins. Yeah, it's terrible yeah. feeling like you're closeted in your career, in your in your career. Like you don't want to yeah. have to have a secret identity that oh, I'm a cartoonist on the side, but I, you know, really, I just do X, Y, or Z. But really, I'm my inside. I'm I'm a cartoonist, and I just want to get this out. You know, oddly, I, I had to do that when I was at studios. I had to create a complete new name, whole different entity, business around it. So. I used to write for magazines and do photography, but since I worked for a studio, anything creative I did, my contract said that they owned. So I had to create a business as a separate entity so that I can do those things. Right. And there was lots of 
well, are you sure? Mm, I don't know about that until I, I finally had a boss who was like, I don't know why you're not doing this. Are you sure that that's not going to be your full-time job? I'm like, why would you say that? No, never, never. And then I realized, well, why couldn't it be? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it was great to have that support from the company. I wasn't messing up my job. I was doing my work really well, actually. And so. Um, right. And, and I think what it proves going back to the theme is when you do the fun, creative things, whether it's your side gig or your full-time gig, it's going to enhance every other part of your life. So yeah. if you haven't gifted yourself the time to explore creativity, what are you waiting for? Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Jamie and Sherry, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Where can people learn more about you? Go, Sherry. Oh. <laughs> Okay, um, I have my website, which you have for those who are visually seeing this on the screen. It is sharipeer.com, not spelled anyhow that you would think it would be spelled. It's C-H-A-R-I-P-E-R-E.com. And I'm on Instagram and, and Facebook, LinkedIn. Awesome. And Damien, um, where can people learn more about you? So you can go to my website. Prometheus Digital Studio. Clearly at the time when I named the company, I was deep, deep in mythology, Greek mythology. So we're Prometheus Digital Studio. Or you can find me on LinkedIn, just Damian Taylor. But of course, my name isn't spelled Damian like you would expect. D-A-M-I-O-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R. So of course, we I have two guests whose names aren't spelled the way that they sound, which is hilarious. <laughs> and so I am at the Dev Method everywhere. And if you go to the devmethod.com slash um, blog, you will get the recap and the links to these and the previous episodes. And I also will put in your links as well as your LinkedIn links, because again, you can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So reach out, connect, um, enjoy, right? Because isn't that the name of the game of being creative in whether creative is your actual career or you're bringing creativity into whatever it is that you do. It's only going to enhance everything, right? Absolutely. Exactly. Oh, and, and thank you both again for joining and thank you for tuning in. And I am live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And again, you can listen to new episodes of the Dev Show podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network every Thursday, new episodes, which is basically the audio version of this drops. Uh, before we wrap, I would love one final thought from each of you. What is one thing that you hope everybody takes away from this conversation? Damien? It's okay to give yourself permission to enjoy things. Ooh, not only is it okay to give yourself permission, it is encouraged, right? Yeah. And I like Damien's method, you know, his just do it. Like, you know, it's not too late to just do what you've been pushing off. So, yep. you know, just put one foot in front of the other and get started and forget the fear. Just, just do it. Yep. I feel like Nike would really love this conversation. <laughs> As Nike, you hear us? Deb needs a sponsor, please. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I never even thought about it. See, this is what happens when you get creative people together. You never know what comes of it. If you're thinking about something creative that you want to do, it's almost like a gift to be able to share what you love with the world. So go out there, 
be creative, go out there, go for it because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.